Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Equipped to Be with Connie Albers. Today, let's talk about resiliency and routines. You know, there's nothing like a disruption in life to cause us to realize we're either going to face plant or we're going to bounce back up. And I want to help you and unpack some things that you can specifically do to help you become more resilient because we are in a society right now that everything has been flipped upside down. Uh, Many of us aren't sure when life will get back to normal. And there are many who are wondering if we will ever get back to normal or will we experience and have to adjust to a new normal, much like we had to do after 9-11. 9-11 was an earth-shattering calamity for the most part that happened to us unexpectedly. It blindsided us, much like the coronavirus did. One day we're living life doing what we're normally doing, our busy, frantic, crazy schedules. And then in a matter of days or or weeks, we find ourselves staying home, staying in place, or we're scrambling to find food or uh, paper products. But this is the time that is intensely unsettling. It's a challenging time, that's for sure. The first thing we want to focus on, obviously, is staying healthy. But I also want to encourage us now, as we talked in this podcast, which is why it's just me, where we're going to talk about emotional resiliency, being emotionally resilient. No doubt our regular routines are just, they're disrupted. But I've said this in many of my podcasts, disruption always leads to innovation. There's two things that happen when when you face an intense trial. Uh, that's either we, we lean into the Lord and we become stronger, stronger in our faith, stronger in our constitution, you know, at our core, what that grit that makes us get up and just push through it. Or we give in to fear and worry and And we start um, doubting and we become fearful. One is wise, one is unwise. Now, many of us are going to be home for a rather lengthy period just because of the nature of what has happened since the coronavirus entered the United States of America. I know within you, you have this resilient tendency. Some of you, hey, this is just life as normal. You're getting up, you're doing your routine, you're doing school, uh, maybe you're working from home. I, you know, I, For Tom and I, this whole stay at home hasn't been much different than our normal lives, except for the fact that I haven't been traveling, and I probably won't for the foreseeable future. But as parents, you have an additional stress for making sense out of everything for your children. So how can we keep our children strong 
and keep our mind of uh, how to and have a sound mind, you know, sound mindset. I want to talk about two specific things. Now, for adults, you've got to focus on living with the uncertainty. For some of you, your personality types, it's easy for you to go with the flow. Today's going to be what it is. Uh, Tomorrow, I don't know, and I'm okay. As long as we are, you know, provided for today, that's all I'm going to focus on. I, I know there's others of you, and I, you know, I tend to fall into that trap. I would say a trap, because I tend to want to have everything planned out. I want to know what's going to happen next. I want to know when I will get back to my normal schedule or when we're going to be able to do certain things again. I I have that natural, that core need for me to know what's coming next. And many of you have that as well. Now, there's not a right or wrong because God has designed each of us differently. And that's okay. But you do need to know which camp you typically fall into. Sometimes that tomorrow is its own troubles. We're just going to focus on today. Sometimes even those personality types can run into a, a bit of a snare and they can start getting a little concerned or worried when, let's say, the, the money isn't coming in or the children aren't uh, responding to you the way that they should. And sometimes if you're like me, you're able to say, you know, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I just know that today is going to be a good day. And I'm going to embrace all that today brings. But one of your core sources of, of, of strength is going to be learning how to manage your stress, your stress. And how do you do that? There's a variety of ways. One, you're going to set aside a few minutes every day, just, just a few minutes, and you're going to think through the uncertainty. You're going to name the uncertainty. What, what, is, what is the uncertainty that you face today? going to give it a name. And then you're going to tell that fear, that emotion, that stress, you're going to tell it the truth. And you're going to feed God's word. You need to know what you're going to do when those emotions come your way. And that all starts with that morning of just having some time where you can work through any uncertainty that you might have. And then you're going to take action. You're going to plan how you're going to emotionally react to those situations that come your way that day. You can't plan how you're going to react tomorrow. You've got to plan how you're going to react today. So whatever time your wake-up time is, and we'll talk about routines in the second part of this, whatever that routine is, you're going to carve out a few minutes. If, you got, if you're a mother of many like I am, it was hard to get those few minutes but the beauty is now, at least for the foreseeable future, you're able to say, I'm going to take five minutes. Some of you have older children. You can take a little bit longer. But even if it's a minute or five minutes in the bathroom while you're getting dressed or while you're preparing for something or even sometimes when you're sorting laundry, you can still choose to sit in that uncertainty And think and focus on the truths of God's word. He has not left you high and dry. He will provide. He will make a way. And then you're going to decide that day how you're going to react. You know, it's what is it like to be uncertain? 
When we choose how we're going to act instead of reacting emotionally, we spare ourselves, one, <laughs> the, the overwhelming um, physical side effects of stress, but we spare ourselves of the emotional downward spiral that that can take us in. Uncertainty is just here, folks. I'm not a bearer of bad news at all, but uncertainty is here. And it's going to be here for a while. Resiliency relies that you stay patient, that you stay alert, and that you stay grounded. The next point is I want you to focus just on your breathing. There have been times in the midst of some stressful situations, whether it was a death like when my mom passed away, or now with dealing with the COVID, or even in the 9-11 crisis, or the fall and the crash of the housing market in 08. There were times that I can feel so much physical stress. I can just feel it in my body. Your heart starts, you could like feel your heart beating, or you feel tightness in your chest, or you can't focus, or you just feel like maybe you're, you're in a fog. You ever feel like you're just in a fog? I see all these memes on social media, and I think I even posted one on my um, Connie Opper's page on social media. I just wrote the day on a piece of paper and took a picture of it. I'm like, today is Thursday. Today is because, frankly, when uncertain days come, they kind of run together. You're not really sure if this was yesterday or this happened last week, and I've actually stopped telling people, oh, this happened, you know, last Tuesday. I, I just say now, the other day, because I couldn't tell you what day such and such happened uh, anymore, no more than, than most people, and that's okay. But when our minds are unsettled, counting breaths can help us. Just some deep breathing. Just deep breathing in through the nose. And you just count up to seven breaths where you're breathing in through your nose and then you hold it. And I'll tell you something I have done is I'll get my phone out and I have a stopwatch on my phone and I will hold my breath and I'll start the stopwatch and I'll see how long can I hold my breath. And then you just breathe very slowly out through your, through your lips, just that slow breath out through your lips. You're just kind of cleaning and forcing all that out and then focus on just kind of dropping your shoulders a little bit. And when, cause when you exhale and you drop your shoulders, it's kind of letting that stress out and then do it again and do that seven times. Just that few kind of reset moments. I know there was a time notice I'm not giving you a day cause I don't know what day I remember there was a time recently where I felt enormous pressures. There's a lot of uncertainty just within my own family. Many, many of my family members are, are being hit pretty adversely through this uh, shutdown of, of essential and non-essential businesses. And I contend to take on all of their concern because I'm the mom. And, you know, my children are older and it's a little different because I control nothing. So there's not even a false sense of control, which most of you, if you have children, you kind of think you're controlling the environment, the circumstances, and you are to a point. But when your children grow up, you don't. <laughs> so if you're thinking, you, you know, you might have some semblance. I have a great relationship with my children, but I control nothing about what they do or the decisions that they make. I give input. 
when you're when you have teenagers, it's a little different. When you have tweens, it's a little different. And when you have younger children, it's very different. But I found myself one day so stressed, just cares of the world, concerns about my children's future. Some of them were planning to buy a house this year, or they were planning some uh, job transfers and some transitioning. And, and now there's just, again, so much uncertainty that I walked down to the lake and I put on some praise music, found my app for music, and I had a playlist And I just put that on, and I just sat there listening to that praise music. It wasn't very long, but it's my my way of trying to recalibrate my heart, get my focus on who God is, what God's promises are, that God is in control, that God is going to leave, and that God is going to give me discernment. And I just sat there for a few minutes. I sat in that stress and that uncertainty. And then I just worked on letting it go. It did take a while. But throughout those minutes, and then through the rest of your day, when you notice that you're getting you know, hooked by those, those questions that are plaguing you, that uncertainty, explore those feelings again. Label it. And then make yourself, you make yourself come back to the truth. No, you're not going to get it. You're not going to do it perfectly. And that's why I wanted to do this specific podcast on resiliency. You know, most of Americans, we're so reliant upon our, our systems and our schedules and our normal day in, day out, that we haven't had to be very resilient or resourceful. And now we are. So many of you that are listening to this, you're learning how to be resilient right along with your children. And I want you to practice some of those things. Just remember that every time those thoughts creep in, and they're going to come in time and time again, almost like a a wave in the ocean. I love the ocean. It's probably one of my favorite places to go. I just watch the waves, and the water kind of is pulled out, and then it makes this large swell, and it gets bigger and bigger, then breaks. And that's kind of how our emotions can be. But if you're standing in it, you can feel the tug. If you've ever been in the ocean, you can feel that tug on your legs of the water being pulled back out by the current of the the massive amount of water. And then when that wave comes, you can kind of feel yourself being lifted up as either the wave goes past you because it hasn't broke before before you and smacked you with the wave, or you're still rising above and you've got to swim through the wave. Y'all, if you've never been to the ocean, that's the that's a great way to describe what it's like to just stand in the ocean. That's also a wonderful way to think about times of uncertainty. Sometimes you can see it coming and sometimes you can't. And right now, I'd, I can't tell you what uncertainty will still be before you. Now, your kids, on the other hand, you've got to stay focused. And and when you do that, you help settle your children down. You know, working with uncertainty is really an abstract concept for children. They don't sit there and think about the the uncertainty of everything. No, they don't they don't think about that. But when you do, you could be planting seeds for them. 
you can help normalize the experience. And when you start normalizing an experience and you create an awareness, oh, today is going to be a little different. Or I don't know what today is going to bring, but I do know this. We are going to experience it. We're going to embrace it. And we're going to walk through it together. So for kids, if your child seems to be very open, set aside a few minutes and just talk with them daily about how they can uh, navigate the uncertainties. Now remember, they're not thinking of uncertainties. They just know there's a disruption. You can help them think about the possibilities of this time. You don't need to force it because then they'll be less reluctant just to give them time to talk. Just listen. Listen not with uh, uh, coming up with a quick way to say, oh, it's going to be all right, or minimizing or marginalizing their feelings. But just listen as they talk. You'll gain great insights that you'll kind of tuck away in your heart until the right time where you're able to kind of inject a, a wise word or two, some sage advice in their day. Not at that moment. But you're tucking all that away because that helps you know how to talk to them a little bit later. For your children, teach them to not expect anything particular is going to happen other than the schedule or the routine that you've created for your home. Does that make sense? You don't know when sports are going to start back up. You don't know... What's going to be before them tomorrow? The sense of planning for next week or next month, that's, that's just not going to be a, a possibility for a little while for many, many people. When they start to wander down that path of sadness or disappointment, bring them back to hope. Not the hope that one day we'll be back to normal, but that the hope that our God is going to take care of us today. There's a very big difference their normal adjusts and pivots all the time. It's You're the ones, and if you have teenagers, they're really struggling right now. So I say that thinking in, in younger children versus tweens versus teenagers versus college kids versus adult children. Help them to understand it's okay not to know what's going to happen. We're going to work toward such and such but we might not be able to totally plan that out. Help them learn to breathe deeply. Why does that matter? Again, sometimes children can work themselves up because they get a little frustrated by what isn't happening that they are so used to happening. When we focus on staying resilient, our mental health, relies on some very tactical elements, and that is our physical routine. It's very easy when we're living in a time of uncertainty to get lost. You know, that happens to us when we have the time change. You know, when we spring ahead or fall backwards, it takes a few days to get used to this. Well, right now, so many things are changing. But to be resilient, you've got to stay focused on being resilient. Stay focused on the thoughts that you're thinking and then how you're going to react or respond to them. But here are five things that will definitely help you. One, exercise every day. It makes your children happier. 
I know some of them are going to complain. Some of your kids probably are given more to physical activity than others. But regardless of how much they enjoy it or not, they've got to have physical exercise and so do you. It'll, it'll make you happier too. It doesn't have to be intense. It just could be something simple as going out and playing dodgeball or kickball. Or it could be something as simple as watching, pulling up somebody that you, uh, on online, which most of us are doing everything online, but it can be something as following, uh, some activities or somebody who's teaching, uh, fitness, whether it's, you know, an aerobics or Pilates or Zumba or any, any type of, uh, exercise, physical exercise, it just kind of gets your body moving and your blood pumping. What happens when you do exercise is your mood changes. Your energy level goes up. Learning becomes easier because you're blowing off some of that steam and you're able to come back to learning. So oftentimes, like my, so I have a, a couple of children who had a really hard time focusing when they were trying to do school. And I, I specifically would set my phone timer to you know X amount of time that I knew that child could sit down and do focused work. Every child is different and you're different. So you now you have this opportunity to kind of know and observe your child and figure out how do they learn and how can I help them? Well, when you introduce exercise, that's what you can do. Okay, we're going to read for 15 minutes. We're going to do math for 15 minutes. We're going to clean the house or do the laundry for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. There's no magical number. It depends on what works for your child. And that's the key. Because you want to put the relationship above all the other things you've got on that routine chore chart or school chart. This is a beautiful opportunity for you to get to understand how your child really at their core thinks and feels and processes the world around them. If you can't get outside, that's okay. Just do some calisthenics in the, in the house, depending on where you live. Some parts of our country have not really experienced much of a disruption to their life. Many have. Sleep. There is a beautiful thing that's coming from a result of this uh, staying in place. People are actually getting more sleep. And when we run super full schedules and we're running all over the place and we're juggling kids and we're trying to get work done and we're trying to run to sporting events or dance class or ballet, well, what ends up happening is at the end of the night, we're just plumb tired. Now we're tired, but it's because our minds are tired trying to, to entertain our children or cook as much as we're cooking or prepare, getting ready for the next day's activities or just preparing for having supplies you need in your house. Because sometimes it's hard to get things. And I think that for a foreseeable future, it might be a little challenging as certain services and industries are disrupted. But remember, the consistent routine is going to be important about going to bed. It encourages the body to set a clock. If you ever thought about it, sunrise usually happens in the winter time, around X amount, or, you know, like what, 6.30 a.m. or depending on where you live. I live in Orlando, so, you know, sunrise can happen anywhere around 6 or 7 a.m., depending on, you know, what month we're in. And winter... Sunrise is a little later. But one thing that will help you in teaching your children to be resilient in establishing that routine is establishing a consistent bedtime. Why does that matter? 
Well, because the body clock operates optimally when it knows kind of like what's going to happen. So while you may not know what's going to happen tomorrow, you can predetermine a bedtime for tonight. That is also emotionally healthy for you to know that at X time, you know, we're going to go full all day. And then at X time, we're going to get the kids ready for bed. We're going to read stories and we're going to put the children to bed. And then you're going to do X, Y, Z. And then you'll collapse into bed exhausted from your day. The other is watch your nutrition. It's very easy when there is uncertainty and money can be tight as well. But eat healthy because you're feeding the brain, you're feeding the cells, you're feeding the body tissues. Don't use food that just keeps the kids happy. Yes, you can have some of that fun junk food that, you know, is just fun food, maybe even become a new comfort food, but keep that balanced diet. It's also a great opportunity for you to teach the kids some cooking skills. Maybe it's for you to pass on some cooking lessons that you've learned from your mother or grandmother. And relationships. One of the best uses of your screen time is sustaining the relationships with your friends and your family. You know, we're all, in, we're all spending more and more time using technology We're using it for meetings. We're using it to keep in touch with parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, classmates that your kids go to school with or used to go to school with, or kids that if you were homeschooled, you know, my kids loved seeing their friends in co-op and different activities that we had planned for them. But we got to be careful because we don't want to spend so much time or allow our kids to have so much time on the screen playing games or you know, just conversing with other people for so, so long, what can happen is these children can start getting agitated or edgy and and they actually get themselves wound up because they have access to information. They have access to real-time information. They can see what's happening. They can see the news because it's, you know, people are buying ads and placing them everywhere now. Make sure that those limits that you set, you discuss with your children, however much time that is. And then delegate what time is it is for, whether you're going to give your child this much time to visit and chat with friends, or you're going to give them this much time for school, if you're still doing school whenever you hear this podcast, whether you're doing this much time, screen time for research, or just to get better at certain uh, skills that maybe your child is interested in, or maybe you're interested in, set the rules, set the limits, set the boundaries. But here's the key. Uncertain times require that we pivot and adjust. If what you set, if what boundaries you set, if what limits for screen times you and your child both agreed upon suddenly stop working, don't be afraid to pivot. I want you to master the art of the pivot because to be resilient means you have to pivot and adjust constantly. Create that structure and routine of of being outside. Being in a routine, it settles everybody. It, it gives that sense of at least this is what we're going to do. I, I can trust that at noon, we're going to have lunch. Or at 6 p.m., we're going to have dinner. Or at X time, we're just going to have some room time. Or we're going to play outside. Or we're going to go for a walk if you're in an area that you can do that. It may be a rough schedule, but at least it's something. Write it on a piece of paper so you're not running to the, to the computer. Put it on a whiteboard. You know what? You can even put it on post-it notes in their bathroom. 
Make sure you have scheduled in the day healthy activities time, time for school, whatever's priority that your family is working on. I know that we have been really making good use of our downtime, doing some things around the house that have been needing to be done, but we didn't have time in our schedule before. Next, you want to take care of your family and your community. Everybody is watching the wash your hands. Everybody pretty much knows now you've got to wash your hands for 20 seconds. You've got to be careful with handshaking. Don't handshake. You know that we have to clean and disinfect more. We've got to be careful and aware that there could be people that are sick or elderly or immune compromised. We want to use this time to teach our children that uh, they need to be aware of others, even the concerns of others. How can you take care of your family and friends if you're not allowed to leave? Well, there's a lot of little things you can do. Have your kids write some notes to elderly grandparents or aunts and uncles or friends. It's When they do that, they're actually practicing their handwriting skills, and it's not a worksheet. They're thinking. They're thinking outside of themselves and, and their feelings, and they're putting and inserting themselves into the thoughts and feelings that somebody else might be experiencing. As we talk about resiliency and the, and the keys to being resilient, you have to keep reminding yourself, you're going, to be, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through this. Some of you listening to my podcast right now, some of you might lose your businesses or your house. Some of you might develop a brand new company, start a new company, or scale a new company, and you start down a different career path. Some of your children that were in school, maybe public or private, you're going to decide, you know what, I think I'm going to homeschool next year. I, I've done it for a few months here, and it wasn't perfect. I had a lot to learn, and so did my children, but this was kind of fun. And if I get to create their schedule, if I get to choose what books we want to read instead of the teacher doing that, if there's something we want to do as a family, uh, you know what, I think I might embrace that. I might embrace homeschooling next year. Where you are today will not be the same place you're going to be in, in a week or two weeks or a month or six months or, you know, this podcast. You know, in, in years, you may be listening back to this one day and thinking, I remember where I was sitting when I listened to her podcast. You're not going to be the same person at the end of this. Some of your children are just going stir crazy. Some of your children are right as just happy as clams. They're doing their thing. They like what they're doing, and there's nothing, nothing bothered them at all. And some of you are like that. I just want to remind you, as you build these routines, these new routines, and you're flexible, and you master the art of the pivot, you're building resiliency. Keep planting and telling your children that things are going to be okay. Keep telling your children that there will be a time where they gather with their friends, and they're going to talk about this. This is part of their history. This is the stories, what they do today, what you do as a family. The other night we pulled out a Yahtzee game, and we were playing Yahtzee and had a great time. It's kind of like when the kids were little, and we used to sit around and play games all the time. We don't as much now because they're all adults. But you got to stay realistic. you got to remember that kids process things differently than adults do. You've got to encourage those discussions and questions. 
you know, don't share too much. You know, don't flood them with too many facts, depending on their age. Obviously, older children that are curious about it all, they may choose to go in the medical community as a result of all this. They might create the next test kit for something that we have yet to even seen or work on research to cure something that isn't been cured. And so they're going to want all this information. They're, they're just not going to be able to get enough of it. That's your researcher. Some children are highly sensitive, and they take on the, the, the hurt and heartache that people are feeling. You want to limit those conversations around them because they can get very discouraged and overwhelmed by all of it quickly. You know, make what's going on a lesson in what's in your community, not of fear, but of how we're going to work together and we're going to protect those that are around us. We're going to make it a lesson of preparedness as a family, as a community, as a country. We're going to learn differently and we're going to tell that child and we're going to tell ourselves it's okay if we don't process or think the same way about the same topic. We're going to learn to, uh, to understand people do have different opinions. But we want our children to be able to have a logical discussion, not feel guilted or shamed if somebody doesn't adhere to their set of uh, beliefs about uh, the uncertainty that's facing them. But help them to remember that how they think is going to dictate a lot of their behavior. And when you're learning to uh, become more resilient, you've got to pay attention to what's going on at that moment in real life. And thankfully, you have more time to do that. You have the time to become, you have the time to listen. You have the time to monitor the words that come out of your mouth so that they land in a tender place of your child's heart. See, I believe the difference in what comes out of a time of disruption is an opportunity for all of your children, an opportunity to be creative in ways they've never had the opportunity to be creative before. They're going to learn to be resourceful because you're going to use what you have, and you may come up with some creative eyed solutions Problems that millions of families are facing. And you'll be able to make a business out of it and help your children learn how to create a business. You may be able to teach them some financial skills they've never really had to think about before because when economies are good, money's coming in, it's different managing money, a lot of money, or just money in general when you have something stable and steady coming in. It's harder when you're not quite sure, and that's another area of uncertainty. But when we go back to uh, resiliency and routines and how do we create those and how do we learn and help our children grasp the concept of, hey, this is a trial and this will prepare you for the next trial. Some of you are planting gardens Some of you are buying chickens. Some of you are stocking up on different supplies and you're creating creating a uh, just-in-case or an emergency pantry or closet. I always do that when we have a hurricane. I always prepare. You know, we load up on different supplies that I know we'll need should we be without power. Many families around America are kind of thinking 
thinking through what, what would we need should disruption continue? And talk to your children about that. Bring them in and involve them in this process. You will find when you do, your children will be much healthier, much happier. And you'll look back on these times in five years and 10 years and 15 years, and you'll talk about these days. You'll talk about how maybe you were stressed, and you'll see how God provided. Your children will talk about how they were very much upset or concerned that their lack of getting together with friends or they're not going to get to graduate or they didn't get to participate in something that they've really been working hard for. They'll be able to look back on this day and the words that you choose to use will bounce around inside their head for the rest of their lives. Now, does that should that intimidate you? Or No, but it should make you pause and realize words are powerful. Words motivate us. Words bring us up. Words can also deflate us and discourage us and cause anger. And we don't want to do that. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I do pray that each of you finds those rhythms and those routines within the confines of uncertainty. And you live each day with that intentionality of today's going to be a good day. Today, we're going to accomplish what's before us today, and tomorrow, we'll deal with tomorrow. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a great week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.